0: Thinking higher, you can do anything you desire. Positive attitudes, thinking higher, you can do anything. Thank you for joining Paths, Let's Talk Let's Listen. I'm Kathy, founder president of Positive Attitudes Thinking Higher. So Positive Attitude Thinking Higher is preparing for their first annual job fair. And in doing so, we wanted to offer our viewers some valuable classes in preparing to land that new job. So last week we had Mr. Frederick Allen join us for his interview presentation. Um, Frederick left us with some very valuable information on the do's and don'ts on interviewing and having that be your very first impression. So today joining us is Ladena Crowell. Ladena is going to be talking to us about resume building and the importance of having a resume. So just a friendly reminder at the end of the segment please don't tune out just yet. Stay tuned for some valuable information, contact information, and also some updates on our calendar. And without further ado we would like to welcome
1: Ms. Ladena Crowell. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Kathy, for that warm welcome. As Kathy said, I am LaDaina Crowell, and I am here to talk to you today about resumes. Uh, as Kathy mentioned about the job fair that's coming up and the interview prep uh, session that everyone uh, attended, to get to the interview, you have to have the resume that attracts the, uh, the attention of your prospective employers. So today, we're going to talk some tips about how to make your resume pop things you want to stand out so that you rise up to the top of that stack and the employer wants to choose you for that all-important interview. So I want this to be an interactive conversation. I hate it when presenters stand up here and just read slides. So we're going to have a conversation. Feel free to ask questions at any time. Um, I don't mind the interruptions or interjections. It makes for a more helpful discussion. Uh, So let me just tell you a little bit about myself. I am the co-owner of TLC, Employment and Business Consultants. And this is a business I've had now for the past three or four years, although I've been doing resumes for over 20 years. Believe it or not, I actually did my first resume for a friend of mine right here in Raleigh, North Carolina. And uh, surprisingly, she actually did get a job after I did her resume. So that kind of got me started on the path of doing resumes to help individuals who wanted to further their careers. Of course, along the way, I've been doing my own resumes, but um, everything that I've done when it comes to resumes definitely has to do with my experiences. I'm never going to say that I am going to be an expert in anything. These are tips that I've learned over the years. Um, Basically, it's just things that as I've interacted with individuals, people have reviewed my resumes, I've reviewed theirs, and i picked up all this information over the years, and it's been very helpful in not only further advancing my own career, but the careers of of those that I've helped. Um, I also have about 13 years of experience in the criminal justice field, and also have an additional 12 years in program analysis and compliance. So I got a whole lot of knowledge in my brain, um, and I'm hoping that I can share that information with you all, and uh, get you all to a point where you have a better resume, an awesome interview, and definitely get that job that you're looking for. So what is a resume? Webster Dictionary says it's a summary or a set of accomplishments. That's a true statement. Dictionary.com says it's a brief written account of personal, educational, and professional qualifications and experience as that prepared by an applicant. That is also a true statement. My definition of a resume is it's your first impression. Everyone says when you get to the interview, you have to make a great first impression, and that is absolutely true. You have to show up and show out you need to be dressed appropriately, you need to look and be presentable. But before you get to that interview, you gotta have a resume that is going to get you the opportunity to do the interview. And that's what we're gonna be talking about today. So these are resume sections. Some of these are optional, but they are, there are some that are mandatory and that you definitely want to have included in your resume. So you have your header. We'll talk about that. That's basically your personal information. Objectives and summaries. Again, this is something optional. We'll get into more detail about that as well. Education and experience are a must. You cannot submit a resume if you don't have education and experience. Job-related skills and training. Again, this is optional. Some people like that section. Some people don't. It's a personal preference. Affiliations. This is also an optional section. And then, of course, you have your references. So let's talk about the header. It's simple, name, address, telephone number, email. Now, some people are a little funny about whether or not should I give out my my address? I don't want anybody to know where I live. Okay, but in order for your resume to really catch the attention, first of all, if the position is located in one central location, your address is gonna be a little bit helpful because if you live in Germany and the position is in the United States, and they're not paying for travel, you might want to think about whether or not you want to have that information present. The employers are going to be looking at everything on your resume from top to bottom. That includes your header. So make sure you have contact information. It's always important. You can do your email, definitely. Of course, now in this day and age, email is a must. People are going to be sending you the uh, dates for your prospective interviews. They may call first, so you got to have a phone number home phone, cell phone, whichever number you have, please just make sure you include your personal information on the header so that that employer who's interested in your resume can get in contact with you to set up that all-important interview. Objective and summary. Now, if you remember, I said that this is optional. You do not have to include an objective or summary on your resume. The objective is basically what you want to accomplish. Typically, an objective will say something like, to obtain a job in the sales field. It's very generic. It's not very, a lot of information to include. And a lot of times it kind of gets overlooked. So again, unless you have an objective that is just very eye-catching and appealing and has all of that information you want to put out there, it's optional whether you want to keep it. Same thing with your summary. The summary is like an intro to your resume. It's a condensed version of all of your experience. So a summary may say something like, uh, 20 years of experience in this field, five years of experience in this field. Um, That'll be broken down in your resume, but it's that first eye-catching piece that that an employer can read to kind of give them an idea. It sets up your resume. Again, this is also completely optional. Some people call it executive summaries if you've reached that level where you're trying to get an executive position. Professional summaries, sometimes they just use the word summary. Again, this is an optional piece. It is not mandatory. It's all in what you want to put in your resume to make it stand out to your employers. Education. Again, very important piece of information. You always want to give the name of your school and location. I went to University of so-and-so located in anywhere North Carolina. That's it. You also want to give the year that you actually got your degree. Um, May of 96, you don't have to use a month. Again, this is again optional information uh, as far as the formatting, but you've got to have that name and location of your school, the year that you graduated, and also your field of study, whatever your degree is in. There are a lot of jobs that advertise that they want a degree in business, but they may also say, but any degree is acceptable. So don't feel like you have to take that degree out just to make sure that you get the job you want if it's not the degree you have that they're looking for. For example, I have a criminal justice degree, but I can tell you right now, I no longer work in the criminal justice field, but I still include that information on my resume. It shows that I do have a degree in some field of study. Now the GPA is optional as far as whether or not that information is requested from the employer. And I say that because there are times when you can apply for a resume, uh, a job, rather, and the GPA is, you're applying under education qualification. So they may want your GPA. But only provide your GPA if it is requested by the employer. And I see we have a question. Yeah, so when you um, we said uh, well, like a bachelor's degree or an associate's degree, what if it says an uh, associate's degree or equivalent to, what, what do they mean by that when, like, parts like your, when they say equivalent to, are they talking about your experience in that field, or? Um, no, the equivalent to is, so for example, you actually kind of gave the, sort of asked the question. You could say that they could be asking for a bachelor's degree or an equivalent, which would be the associate's degree. Or if they're saying associate's degree or an equivalent, it could be some form of certification. So uh, there are certain types of certifications where you, you, know, you may have to go to some type of training for a couple of years before you are actually certified in whatever that field is. That certification could be submitted as, uh, as an alternate to the associate's degree. It's kind of like education as an equivalent. If they say they want someone who has um, five years of experience in business, but you only have two years of experience in business, um, but you also have some type of business certification that you obtained, you can use that as a supplement to the, the, that's the equivalent to, to make up for the difference. So that would basically be equivalent to your four-year degree, but you make it up in associate's degree and certifications. Does that answer your question? Another question.
0: So what if you didn't finish, but you do have some education? You're still listed?
1: Yes, absolutely. You never shortchange yourself on education. If you attended whatever the college was and you only did two of the four years, you can still put that information up there, name and location of the school. You can list it as ongoing if you are still pursuing that degree. You can also break it down by number of credits. If the degree calls for 235 credits but you only have 120 credits, you could indicate ongoing 120 of 235 credits obtained. Something to that effect. You never want to omit education simply because it's not completed. You never know if, for example, a job is asking for nine credits in business, and it just so happens that the two years you attended, you did your nine, years, uh, your nine business credits. That still counts as meeting the qualifications for the job. So definitely never, never shortchange yourself. Always put that information up there. Any other questions? Good. Moving on to experience, most important section. So, you have to have the name of the employer. Any employer who's looking to hire someone wants to know where you're coming from, what what, what, uh, job you're coming from, what type of experience you may have. So, name of your employer and location. You don't have to get into the nitty-gritty and put the exact address, you know, city, state, zip code. But if you can put a city and state, that's fine. Um, Also, you might want to include supervisor's name. Your supervisor may not be one of your references, which we will get into later on, but your prospective employer may reach out to your previous supervisor, just to get a reference as well. Um, Sometimes you'll see where they'll ask questions that may say, can I contact your current supervisor? You have the option to say yes or no, and that all depends on how good your relationship is with your supervisor. Um, Dates worked you need to put the time frame that you worked with the job. So it can be from May 2011 to September 2013. If you don't want to include the month, again, that's a piece of information that you can omit, but you need to be able to put some type of range so your employers can see exactly where you've worked and how long you've worked. Uh, It's very hard for an employer to determine if you've got five jobs on your resume and there's no dates. There's no way of determining whether you had those five jobs in the past five months or the past five years. That's a key piece of information employers look at, whether or not they call that job hopping, someone who goes from one job to the next in a short period of time. So you want to include those dates so that it does show whether you have longevity at a location or if you were only short term. And that's perfectly fine, there's nothing wrong with that, but the dates are, again, very important. I have a question. Yes, Go ma'am. back
0: to the, um, um, the supervisor and everything, mm-hmm. and you, you mentioned that on when applying sometimes they'll ask you can we contact your previous employer mm-hmm. does it discredit you if you put no
1: absolutely not okay absolutely not it's just a, it's a typical question and again and i'll say this and I, I didn't mention this in the beginning i usually deal with government resumes but i also do private resumes as well typically in government when you're applying and if anyone's heard of usa jobs you know that's the government website for applying for jobs but there is that question that says, may we contact your supervisor? Yes or no. It doesn't require you to give a reason why you don't want to contact. It's simply a notification purpose of whether or not they can reach out to that person. You still have your references and that's always gonna be your default. Um, Most people, and if if I remember correctly actually, there's a third option that says, contact me first. Meaning that you can check yes, but I want you to contact me first before I want you to reach out to that supervisor. These are all options, Uh, again, mainly on the government side, may not be more so on the private side, but your references is always sort of your default list. And you may not always encounter that question when you're applying. And that's just so that if you do see it, there is that option. But supervisor information generally can be very, very helpful, especially if you have a good supervisor who you know is going to give you a good reference, and they're not one of your original three references. Thank you. Another question? So what if one of the companies have been dissolved, what if they don't exist anymore? Do you put that up there? Yes. Especially if it falls in the 10-year Yes. So you put it up there it's no longer. Absolutely. You still include that information. You can still include your duties as assigned. But what you would notate is maybe instead of putting supervisor's name, you would put uh, company you know dissolved on this date or company no longer exists. Um, I know for a fact uh, I had an individual who... Their supervisor had retired and it was one of those jobs in the resume so they put the supervisor's name and then they put retired from agency just to let them know that this is someone who's no longer exists in addition I've also seen where uh, you may have an individual who was in a particular position when they were your supervisor and now that you've left they've elevated to a different position you can also indicate that as well meaning that they're really not going to be available for someone to contact them but they still do work with the agency. Any other questions? Um, Salary. Uh, This is always a bit of a touchy subject and again this is coming from the government side versus the private side. So, government resumes require a salary. If you do not put a salary on your government resumes through USA jobs portal, however you submit it, your resume will get kicked out automatically. I know I have done that unfortunately and I was kicked out for a job and when I inquired I was told specifically I did not include my salary. Uh, Long story behind that but it can happen. Private side is a little bit different. A lot of people don't like to include their salary information for private resumes because it gives them better opportunity to negotiate for a salary. So in other words you don't want to put on your resume that you make $95,000, you apply for a job and the job is only offering 100000 you don't have much wiggle room. But if you leave your salary blank and you say, well, you know, hey, and, and you only make 60000 well, can we negotiate for me to get that 100000 Well, your resume doesn't have a point of reference. So uh, some people do use that tactic. I can't say one way or the other whether it's a good tactic or a bad tactic, I've never had that experience. But I know a lot of individuals who like to not include their salary on their resumes. But you need to include a salary if you're definitely applying for a government job. And uh, resume experience, uh, typically, I, I know some people have heard that resumes shouldn't be more than two pages. This is going to depend on who you talk to, their level of experience, and what they've seen when it comes to resumes. Again, with me working a lot more with government resumes, they are more than two pages. Resumes typically go back about 10 years in in terms of how much experience you're going to list. If you've worked for any job for any period of time beyond or or multiple jobs, your resume is going to exceed two pages. That's, That's a fact. And if you somehow manage to fit more than 10 years of experience into 10 pages, then your resume is probably going to be lacking some good information that's going to get you a good job. So if you can, try and keep that 10 years within as many as as limited number of pages as possible, but don't feel like you gotta cram it into just two pages. I think my current resume now is about four. Uh, So it, it just depends. But I would say if you have 10 years of experience, try and take it back as far as possible within that 10 years. Another question. Oh, sorry. So, job related skills and training. So, again, as I mentioned before, this is optional. Some people include it, again, some people don't. Typically, as you get up in positions where you're applying for more higher level executive positions, job-related skills and training tends to fall off and your experience sort of takes the place of that. But for starter resumes, if you have specialized skills or specialized training and the job you're applying for is looking for those types of skills, you definitely want to put that information up there. Uh, If you are looking for a position that requires some type of medical information, you want to work for billing at a doctor's office, and you are a registered nurse or certified nursing assistant, you want to include that you have that medical uh, experience, that certification. It may not be required for the job, but it shows that you have knowledge in that medical field. Um, Same thing as if you're, you know, applying for a job that has to do with, you know, the, uh, you want to be the executor over the community swimming pool but you got lifeguard training. Hey, that works, that shows that you understand what is required if you're running that type of business. Same thing when it comes to your computer skills, your languages. Every nowadays foreign languages is a a hot topic. It's a key thing that people are looking for. So if you can speak Spanish, German, French, Chinese, whatever that is, include that information. The job posting may not even mention it, but it's something that you can use. Now I caveat that by saying that your job related skills and experience should be related directly to the job that you're applying for. So you're not going to put your lifeguard training on your resume if you're applying for a job to run an executive business office. Those two don't mix. But just remember that when you are applying for jobs and you look at the training and what is required, if you have some of that training and certification already, include it on your resume. It'll definitely make your resume rise to the top over those individuals who don't have that specialized skills or that specialized training. I got a okay. um, Affiliation. She got a, got a question. Oh, I'm sorry. I got a question. So I see where you put customer service down here, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what I do, I deal with people, right? Every day. But it's not like listed in your job description. Yeah, description mm-hmm. or whatever. But my interaction with the people actually like, plays a big role in what I do. Mm-hmm. So how would I list that? So you can actually use the professional profile or summary section that I mentioned up at the top of your resume and you can indicate that you have uh, 15 years of experience in customer service uh, assisting with X, Y, and Z. Um, so, since it doesn't fall specifically under your job description, so to speak, but in all honesty, if that's something that you do as a part of your job, I would list it under your experience. I mean, technically, there, there, unless it's a job specifically that says customer service, telemarketing, uh, working a front desk or somewhere where you're going to be interacting, the jobs may not say that they have, that, that you need to have customer service experience. But most jobs, at some point, you're going to interact with someone that's not who you work with. It's a customer, it's a client, it's the public, Uh, it could be answering the telephone. All of that is still considered customer service experience. So I would probably more so put that under the experience section instead of trying to break it out, even though it's not a part of your job duties. The key thing about experience is you put down everything that you do jobs aren't going to list when they post a job they're not going to list every single piece of of data point that you're going to do for that job but you end up doing about 10 to 15 more tasks than what they advertise that's all still a part of your experience that's part of your job experience so you list it on your resume because at the end of the day you're the one that's interacting with the public that is your customer service experience if you are the one who's bringing in the highest number of sales but you weren't supposed to because that's not a part of your job. That's still your experience. You have that, it is now relevant to the next job you want to apply for. So I would definitely keep it under your experience and add it, even though your job description didn't say you were going to be doing customer service. A lot of our job descriptions say we're going to be doing stuff that we end up not doing and we end up doing 15 other things that were never listed. So moving on to affiliations. Now affiliations are fraternities. Sororities, National Honor Societies, Professional Associations. These are things that you can include on your resume. It does not hurt. I know some people are like, well, should I put that up there? Or should, I don't want anyone. It's, it's okay to put that up there. Believe it or not, employers are a part of fraternities, sororities, National Honor Societies, and Professional Associations. So it doesn't hurt if you put that you are a member of a sorority and the person who ends up looking at your resume is a member of that same sorority that might actually get you bumped up the list a little bit. So don't feel like you have to take that information away just because you don't think it's professional or it shouldn't belong there. Now, what I would caution you is, if you are a member of a fraternity or sorority, that doesn't necessarily mean that the header on your resume should reflect the colors of your fraternity or your sorority. I only say that to say I encountered that once. People want to make their resumes pop, and we'll talk about formatting in a little bit. Just be careful how much your resume pops. Sometimes it might pop right into the trash. (laughs) I have a question. Yes, ma'am.
0: National Honor Society. Now, I was a part of that when I was in college, which was years ago, but it's not something that I am currently active in. Mm -hmm.
1: So would I still list that even though it was, like, back some years? It's optional. You could put the years that you were uh, active. So you can list it and put, you know, 1996 to 2003, whatever that is, if you want to. This section is one of those optional sections. It depends on how comfortable you are with putting that information out there or how much you think it's relevant to the job that you're trying to apply for. Uh, when it comes to the fraternities and sororities, that's kind of universal. I mean, you're, you're basically you're just putting that out there so you want the employer to know, hey, I'm a member of this fraternity or sorority, kind of hoping that you are to look out for me a little bit, that type of thing. Honor societies, professional associations, they could be a little bit different because they might be smaller. They may, unless it's something nationally known, you know, it may not make an impact. Again, it's it's what you feel is most important to you and if you think it's going to be relevant to the job you're applying for. I mean, a lot of us have been a part of things from the past that we're not currently active in, uh, and that could go same thing for fraternities and sororities but they are lifelong members. So if it's something that you're a member of, regardless of whether you're active, you can still include it, you know, and don't necessarily include the dates. But again, it's, it's optional. It's up to you and whatever you feel comfortable in putting in that section. Any other questions on affiliations? References. So I mentioned earlier that you should, you should have references. Definitely have references. At least three references. Now you don't want to give a whole list because then your prospective employer is not going to know who to call. So at least three references. Combination of personal and professional references is the best thing to do. You want to pick people who know you, who know you well. So you definitely don't want to put down the person who you just met about six weeks ago. But you want to put down that person that maybe has known you for the past 25 years as a personal reference. Professional references, same thing. You want people who know you, who worked around you, who know your work ethic, they know you do good work, they know you work well with others. These are the people that you want to list as your references. The key about references is communicate with them. Let them know, hey, I just applied for a job. Somebody may be calling you. You don't want your references to get caught off guard. So you want them to be prepared. If they want to go and prepare a speech on how well so-and-so is, that's perfectly fine. But give them the heads up and let them know, hey, Somebody might be calling you. I've got a job coming. I'm hoping it's gonna be the one. Need you to speak highly of me. Make sure you update your references well. Please make sure you update your references. You don't wanna leave a reference listed and y'all ain't friends no more. That's a personal reference. Um, you don't wanna give a professional reference if it was a supervisor who just happened to fire you. That might not be the best reference. Make sure you keep them updated as much as possible. Let them know if someone is potentially gonna be calling them. Because references play a big key. Believe it or not, people are like, oh, yeah, they're going to call my references, and they never do. They do call references. They still do call references. Um, and it's out of the blue. It's not any, and the, question, the questions are never the same. It could vary depending on who the employer is. They may ask just, hey, how long have you known her? Is she a good person? Or they may get into specifics. Well, you know, is it somebody who, you know, job hops or what have you? But they do check references. So make sure they're current, up to date, people who will speak highly and favorably of you because you don't want your reference to be the one that tanks you from getting the job that you thought you were gonna get. Question. How do you feel about reference letters? Reference letters are, it's not something that you submit with your resume. Um, I haven't uh, dealt with reference letters in a long, long time think some employers may still ask for a reference letter, but most often now, it's a phone call. Uh, I want to say years and years ago, they used to do reference letters. Typically, and depending on the type of job that you were coming going to, they may want a reference letter from, like, your current supervisor or something. Nowadays, it's mainly strictly phone calls, um, and it's, again, out of the blue, so that's why I say make sure you let them know so they're not taken by surprise. But, uh, yeah, I haven't haven't heard reference letters in a long time. But I'm pretty sure there's still some companies and agencies out there that that ask for them. You guys have been great. I've truly enjoyed this opportunity. I want to thank Kathy Thomas and Path for inviting me to speak with you today about resumes.
0: We would like to thank Ladena Crowell for that valuable information. And for those who were not able to... Be here for our resume building or our interview prep. There will be a link on our website at org. We also are available on social media: Facebook, Positive Attitudes Thinking Higher, and on Instagram as Path01. I'm also in preparing everyone for the job, the job fair, and in landing that new position. Path has partnered up with Andre's Barbershop, which is located at 4516 Old Wake Forge Road. And we've also partnered up with Blessed by Nye Natural Hair Styling at 309 Summit Avenue, right here in Raleigh. So, for those who have a scheduled um, interview, if you're looking to get a haircut, or ladies, if you're looking to get your hairstyle, please look us up um, right here following the segment. We have some information, contact information for how we can be reached and how you can schedule those appointments at those two locations. So until next time, thank you for your continued support and we'll see you at Let's Talk, Let's Listen. Positive attitude's thinking higher. You can do anything you desire. Positive attitudes thinking higher You can do anything you desire